Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry at Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out the Living Room ATL on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. Come on, CLR family. Can we just make some noise one more time wherever you are through the screens? Just celebrate with us. I am not done celebrating in here. We got some cowbells in here. I don't know if you can use the or hear those, but we are losing our minds in here tonight, and there's just an atmosphere of celebration in this space, and I hope wherever you are, you're joining in with us. But man, CLR family, what a night so far, and uh, we still have a ways to go, but um, man, thanks again for tuning in with us, and not just tuning in, I say this, I think every single week, I'm probably getting tired of hearing me saying it, but thank you so much for tuning, not just tuning in, but for leaning in and engaging with us every single week and connecting with us, and if it's your first time uh, tuning in with us tonight, again, we just wanna say we are so honored that you're here. We hope that while it's your first time, it's certainly not your last time, and that you'll come back, and that we hope that you know that this place, the, the living room, it's more than just a gathering among nights, but we really do believe that this is a family, and it's a family that's for you, and um, so many people have found that to be true, and we think that you will as well. So I'm really excited for tonight. If we've never met, my name's Matt, and I get to lead the living room here at Buckhead Church, and tonight we are wrapping up a series that we've been in for the past few weeks called Alcatraz, and I have really, really enjoyed this series. Um, Just to catch you up on where we've been over the past few weeks, uh, in part one of Alcatraz, we talked about how, uh, how we often feel like there's some things in life that can seem inescapable. In fact, the question I asked at the very beginning of this series a few weeks ago was, what in your life have you deemed inescapable? Like, what is it? What, what sin is it? What temptation is it? What secret is it? What, what critics or voices of other people is it? What is it in your life that just feels like no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how hard you try or fight, you just can't seem to break free from it? And we talked about how what is in your life that might feel inescapable. It's actually not because Jesus has set us free. In fact, we said that the fullness of life is found in the freedom of Christ, that you and I, we can live full lives because Jesus Christ has set us free. And then in week two of Alcatraz, we talked about repentance, and we talked about how it, it's a really churchy-sounding word, and maybe it's even a word that carries some negative, negative connotation for you, but we kind of reframed and redefined what the word actually means. And we, says that, we said that repentance is simply turning away turning from one way of thinking, one mindset, and going in a new direction. And we talked about how repentance is actually a gift from God. And then last week in part three, Samer Massad was here with us, which Samer did such an incredible job. I encourage you to go back and watch it and catch up if you missed last week, part three of Alcatraz. But Samer talked about confession. And specifically, he said that confessing rather than concealing can bring forgiveness and healing in our lives. That confession is a really, really powerful thing. And tonight I'm really excited because like I said, we get to wrap up this series, Alcatraz part four, and we get to talk about something that no matter who you are, no matter what season of life you find yourself in, no matter if you claim to be a Christian or not, what we're going to be talking about tonight applies to you. Because tonight we are talking about fighting temptation, saying no to the things that You should say yes to, right? Like that tension, we all know what it's like. If you've ever wanted to better your life in any area of your life, then you know what it's like to fight temptation. 
Like you have these things and you know like, man, I need to say yes to this, but I really wanna say no to this. And the things that I know that I should say no to, those are the things that I really wanna say yes to. Like we all know what it's like to live in that tension of fighting temptations in our life. It's why the self-help industry is worth over $10 billion because people are constantly living in this tension of fighting temptations and knowing, man, like this is the path I wanna go down, but this is the path that I keep seeing, that I keep going down. Like I know I should say yes to these things, but it's so hard to say yes to the things I know I should say yes to, but yet it's so easy to go in the direction that I know I shouldn't be going. It's why like we're not tempted to save more, right? Like you're, you're tempted to, to spend more. We're not tempted generally to, to work out more. No, we're tempted to watch more Netflix and sleep in rather than getting up in the morning and going on that run. We're not tempted to eat healthier. No, we're tempted to, to eat poorly. Like, like we're tempted to eat that late night bowl of cereal, that late night bowl of ice cream. Like, come on, I don't know if I'm just speaking to myself right now, but that's been a really big temptation for me, especially in this season of life. Like, I'll probably go home tonight and I will feel that temptation of like, oh, it's like been a good night, you know? Like, I'll justify it in my mind somehow. I'll be like, I'm just gonna eat like a couple bowls of cereal and maybe just a few spoonfuls of ice cream, you know, or like the whole pint, you know, whatever. And um, that's just the reality. And I'm sure a lot of you can, can relate. And the same is true when it comes to fighting sin in our lives. And some of you, I'm just gonna say this and I'm just gonna dive in tonight. It's gonna get real, real quick. Um, but some of you are gonna sin your way into Alcatraz. And let me explain. Here's what I mean by this. Is some of you are gonna make decisions that are gonna put you in your own personal Alcatraz where it feels like, how did I even get here? There is no way I can get out of this. And it's not because you're some terrible person. It's not because you're being punished for the things that you've done in your life. No, it's because that's the nature of sin. Sin entangles us. Sin wants to kill every good thing in our life. It wants to kill relationships. Sin wants to suffocate all the intimacy that we have in our lives, the intimacy with other people and friendships, the intimacy even with God. And yes, there is grace for you when you sin, but there's also consequences. There's always grace, but there's always gonna be consequences as well. And that's the, the nature of temptation. And tonight I wanna talk to you about that. I wanna talk to you about where temptation comes from, but then I also wanna talk to you tonight about the, the process of fighting temptation, how we can begin to fight temptation in our lives. In fact, if you're taking notes tonight, the title of this message is, is this, it's, it's, it's a trap. It's a trap. In fact, just say that with me on the count of three if you can. I can't hear you, but I trust that you're playing along. On the count of three, one, two, three. It's a trap. It's a trap. And we're just gonna dive right in tonight, and we're gonna dive into the book of James, James chapter one. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can open them up. If not, it'll be up on the screen. Um, but James chapter one, James is the half-brother of Jesus, and look at what James writes in James chapter one, beginning in verse 13. This is what he says. He says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So James here says, hey, 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 listen, God is not the one who tempts you. 
No, 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 he doesn't tempt anyone. This is the way temptation comes into your life. It comes from your own evil desires. And once your desires start to come in, then you get enticed. I'm not a fisherman. Um, I, I've, I've only been fishing like a few times in my life and it was because I was kind of forced into it, you know, like when the group of guys like is going fishing, like all my brother-in-laws, they all love to fish. Like they're just outdoorsmen, you know, I'm not. And, uh, but when I'm hanging out with them or like when we're on vacation together, there will always be like at least one day, one afternoon where they're like, yo, come on, let's all go fishing. And they're like, yeah, let's go. And even like my like nephews that are like six years old, they're like, yeah, let's go fishing, you know? And I'm not gonna be that guy that's like, I'll just be back here like drinking my coffee, you know, looking at the views. I'm, I'm like, yeah, let's go fishing, guys. And so like I join them, you know, and we go out there and I know nothing about fishing. Like I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the smells for real. I don't, I don't like, you know, um, I, I get bored easily. Uh, I don't like touching the fish. I don't like touching the bait. Um, one time I, I caught a fish and I was like, oh, dang, why did I catch this fish? I didn't even want to catch a fish because I had to like take it off the hook and I'm just like, oh, you know, like that's just how, that's just me. Some of y'all are probably roasting me in the chat right now. My wife's probably roasting me in the chat. Apparently, she loves to roast me in the chat every single week. Uh, I love you, but stop roasting me. Um, I'm kidding. You can roast me all you want. I can't do anything about it. I'm not in the chat. Um, but back to the story. So like when you go fishing, you, you throw your pole in the water and there's this thing on the end. I think it's called a lure or a lure. I, I don't know. It's, there's something on the end, a bobber. You know what I'm talking about if you're a fisherman. And what this bobber does, like there's specific bobbers, specific lures that will attract certain types of fish or so I've been told. And what that does is the fish will see it and the fish will be like, ooh, like what's that? That looks pretty good. And before you know it, the fish is swimming in that direction. And then the fish is like, yo, that looks real good. And now the fish is like, I might just try a little bit of that. And before you know it, the hook is on the fish's mouth and now he's stuck. And that's the same way that it works in our life. Temptation starts to come in and we see it and it's like a lure. And we're like, ooh, like that, that looks good. And we start to move over and we're like, ooh, he looks good, she looks good, it looks good. And we're like, well, maybe just like, I can just move in for just, yeah, I'll just like, just for a moment, you know, just for a little bit. And before we know it, we're hooked. And sometimes we're like, I don't even know how I, how I got here. But here's what I, I need you to know tonight as we kind of get started. I need you to know this, temptation is not the same as sin. Temptation is not the same as sin. For some of us, we think that when temptation comes in our life, that we're immediately done. We're like, oh, well, there it is. I'm tempted again. I might as well do it, because yeah, I've already been tempted. Man, better. I'll try harder next time, I guess, but like, I'm tempted, so I might as well just, just do it. There's no getting out now. But no, 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 hear me. Temptation is not the same, same thing as sin, and we can easily confuse the two and think they're the same thing, but they're not. No, temptation is a trap. It is not a prison. Temptation is a trap, but it's not a prison, meaning that when temptation comes, you don't have to step into it. No, 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 you have a choice. You can see the trap and you can either go into it or you can see the trap and you can walk around it. Temptation's a trap, but it's not a prison. Another way to say it is that temptation is a trap that hasn't been triggered yet. Like, yeah, temptation can look really good and it's a trap, but it's a trap that has not yet been triggered. It can easily be triggered if you try to step into it, but you don't have to step into it because it's not a prison. Uh, 
few years ago, before my wife and I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, we were living in St. Louis, Missouri. That's where I'm from, St. Louis. Shout out to the Lou. Uh, anyone tuning in from the Lou, if you are, just, just shout out. Probably my mom. My mom's tuning in, so good to see you again, mom. I know I already said hey to you at the beginning of the night, but hey again. Um, but when we were living in St. Louis, we were, my wife and I were in this pretty killer setup. Like We had this rental house. And it was a family friend, and so he was giving us like a phenomenal deal on rent. Like it was a great price, and so it was awesome. We were super excited about it. We had just gotten married. We moved into this house together. And um, the house was great, except for one thing. The house, um, it, it had mice. And we didn't realize it until a few months in, and we just thought like, oh, like they'll probably go away. You know, we were young and naive. Um, but come to find out, like the mice were there to stay. In fact, um, more and more of them were moving in. I'm pretty sure every mouse in, in St. Louis um, decided that they were gonna live at 8112 General Sheridan Lane, okay? And so uh, after a few months, um, I was like, yo, we gotta do something about this. And um, so I talked my wife into it because she, she wasn't even freaking out at all. She was like, I don't care, man. I'm cool with living with mice. And I was like, no, listen, babe, like we can't live with, I'm kidding. <laughs> like it was the opposite. She's like, Matt, do something now, right? So what did I do? I went to the Walgreens and I got these mouse traps, okay? And um, I didn't get like the little tiny ones. Like I got the ones that like are meant to catch like squirrels. Like this thing is huge, okay? It's not loaded. So like just take a deep breath. But, but I got these mouse traps and I set them up and I was like, I don't even know how to do this, you know? But I would just like set it up and, and I'd put like either a little bit of peanut butter or a little bit of cheese, just something that I'm like, you know, I'm Googling, like what do mice like? And, and so these things are coming up. And I would just put like the smallest piece of cheese. And the next morning, I would go down and almost every single time there would be at least one mouse caught, sometimes multiple mice. One, one night, no joke, there were five mice that we had killed, not in one trap, but in multiple traps. Like I'd set traps up all around the room and, and these mice would be killed. And every time I'd think, how in the world does this keep happening? Like, what are they doing? Do they not see that this thing is a trap and it's a trap that will kill them? Like, yeah, there's a little bit of cheese. Yeah, there's a little bit of peanut butter. But like, is that worth it? Like, what are they doing? And, and you know what I realized after talking to some experts in this field, like some people that like work for extermination companies, because eventually we had to call in the professionals. And I was like, hey, why do these mice like keep walking into these traps? Like, don't they get it? And they're like, well, no, that's, 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 that's the point. Like, Sure, you see just a couple little pieces of cheese, but do you know what they see? He said, Matt, they see cake. Like, that's what they see. Like, maybe not literally, but they see something that looks as good as cake to them. That's why they run straight into the trap time and time again, and they go for it 100%, no questions asked, and they get trapped, and they die, and you take them away, but when they look at the trap, they don't see a trap, they see cake. And you know what I realize? For many of us, when temptation comes into our lives, we don't see the trap. Do you know what we see? We see cake. And we're like, oh, that looks good. But what we fail to think about, what we fail to realize is, yo, if I step into this, this is not going to go well for me. It may feel good in a moment. It might last for, for a little while, but eventually it is not going go, to go well for me because temptation is a trap and eventually it will get me entangled and I will feel like I'm living in Alcatraz. I will feel like there is no way out. In fact, the writer in Proverbs says it this way. He says this, he says, 
There is a way that seems right, but in the end, it leads to death. That for you and I, there's a way in life that seems right. It looks so good in the moment. It looks like cake, but in the end, it leads to death. In the end, it ends up leading us down a path that we don't want to go down in life. That's the nature of temptation. That's how it works. But now let's, let's kind of shift gears and let's talk about fighting temptation. Let's talk about fighting temptation. The Apostle Paul writes this to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning in verse 12. He says this, he says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is com common to mankind. And he goes on. He said, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. When I used to read this verse, and even just not too long ago, like in the past couple of years, I remember I would read this verse, and I would read this part right here, that God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, and I'd say, no, that's wrong. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's true. Like, Paul, I think that was like, you, you wrote that wrong. Because I just started to think about my own life and I was like, yo, I feel like there's plenty of times in my life where I'm tempted and it is absolutely beyond what I can bear. Like, this can't be right. God, you, 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 you got it wrong, I think. And I would just think, man, like, these, temp these temptations come and I, I'm trying, like, I'm trying really hard and I'm trying not to say yes to these things that I know I shouldn't say yes to, but I just can't. Like, I'm absolutely being tempted beyond what I can bear, clearly, like, come on. But then after many conversations with friends and mentors in my life, I realized that this verse is absolutely true. But the reality was I thought that I was struggling and fighting temptations, but I wasn't. I was just surrendering to them. And I need you to know this tonight, that struggling with temptation is not the same as surrendering to temptation. For a lot of us, we... We think we're fighting temptations in our life. We think that we're struggling with them, but we're actually just surrendering to them. And so temptations come, and immediately we think it's more than we can bear because immediately when the temptation comes, we just think it's a prison, and we're like, oh, you got me again. When the reality is, no, 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 temptation's not a prison. Temptation's a trap. And struggling with the temptation is not the same thing as surrendering to temptation. The great theologian C.S. Lewis, he says it this way, and this really got me, y'all. Like, this hit me. I've never thought about temptation in this way until I read this quote. This is what C.S. Lewis read. It's kind of lengthy, but just stick with me. He said, only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. A man who gives in, or a woman who gives in to temptation after five minutes, simply does not know what it would have been like an hour later. Christ, Jesus Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded, he never gave in to temptation, is also the only man who knows to the full extent what temptation means. He's the only complete realist. See, what C.S. Lewis is saying here is, hey, because so many of us just give in, we just surrender to temptation so quickly, like we battle it maybe for five minutes or maybe for five days, but then eventually we give in to it. We don't really know what battling temptation is like. Only Jesus Christ, who's the only person to ever live to never give in to temptation, he's the only one who actually knows what it's like to fight temptation to the full extent. Like some of us, we give in to temptation about, in about five minutes. 
Imagine how much harder, how much more difficult it would have gotten for us if it would have been an hour later. Here's the reality, y'all. Like, I want us to struggle more. You know why? Because the struggle assumes that there's resistance. I can't tell you, and I'm trying to say this in the most loving way possible, but I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with my friends and some of you, and people will come to me and they'll say, Matt, I've got this sin in my life that I, I keep dealing with, and I'm really struggling with it, man. Like, I'm, I'm trying, trying to fight it, but I just, I don't know what to do. And I'll be like, all right, well, well tell me more. And they're like, well, you know, I keep, I keep looking at, at, at images that I know I shouldn't be looking at on my phone every single night. And I'll be like, okay, all right, well, talk to me about the struggle. Like, tell me what you're doing. And they'll be like, well, man, every day I, I tell myself I'm not gonna look at those things tonight. It's not gonna happen. And then nighttime rolls around and, you know, I go to bed and I'm laying in bed and I'm praying and I'm like, God, like, give me strength. And then before I know it, I got my phone and I'm looking at those things again. I'm looking at those images again. And you know what I'll say to them? Hey, where's the struggle? That doesn't seem like you're struggling to me. Because if you were struggling, if you were really trying to fight this temptation, you know what you would do? You would say, hey, I'm not gonna put my phone right next to me when I go to bed at night. No, 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 I'm gonna plug my phone in on the charger so that my day's not ruined the next day. I'm gonna plug it in in another room, in the bathroom, wherever I need to plug it in at, and I'm gonna go get an alarm clock for myself. Hey, you can go to Amazon right now, get an alarm clock for $4.99, and that's what's gonna wake me up in the morning, and that's how I'm gonna struggle well, because now, in order for me to get up and go see the images again on my phone, I'm gonna literally have to get out of my bed and walk 30 steps into the other room, and I'm at least gonna have to think about it a little bit. Hey, that would be how you struggle. Like, do we know what that's like? And I'm not just trying to highlight one temptation. I know there's a lot of temptations. This is just one example. You know what this would be like? It would be like if someone said, hey, I'm an alcoholic. I've been struggling with alcohol for a long, long time. But every single night when I go to bed, I set a bottle of whiskey on my bedside table. Man, I just, I don't know. I keep just leaning over and grabbing it and taking sips. And, but I'm struggling, you know? And look, I'm not trying to like say that you're not trying, but I'm, I'm saying, listen, some of us, we, we have to really say, no, 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 no. We're gonna actually start to struggle. We're gonna actually start to fight temptations in our life. The next part of that verse that Paul writes, he says, God will give you a way out. God will give you a way out. That's the good news about temptations is that temptations are just a trap, meaning that if we identify the trap, then we can walk around it. We can bypass it. The apostle Paul says, God is faithful and he will give you a way out. But TLR, lean in. Question I wanna ask you tonight, and I want you to be completely honest with yourself. The question is this, do you actually want a way out? God will give you a way out, but do you actually want a way out? Or are you just gonna keep saying you do, but the reality is you just keep surrendering to it time and time again? Are you ready to stop surrendering to your temptation and are you ready to start struggling, to start fighting your temptation? Because if you're willing and you're wanting to start fighting and struggling with temptation, then I promise you, God will give you a way out. He is good on his word. It's not gonna be easy. It might take a lot of time, 
he'll give you a way out, but do you really want a way out? This is the question you have to ask yourself. Because until you can confidently and boldly say, yes, I'm done with this, I want a way out, it's not gonna happen for you. You're gonna keep surrendering to it time and time and time again. Because there's always moments that lead up to the sin where you could have gotten out. And yeah, it might just be a micro moment, but you could have paused and, and decided, you know what, I'm, I'm not gonna text back. You could have said, hey, I know everyone else is going, but no, I'm, I'm not gonna get out of the lift. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna head back home, sorry guys. There was that moment, maybe it was just for a split second, but you were in your apartment with your boyfriend or girlfriend, and you were about to you know, cross boundaries, and you were like, no, no, hey, hey, let's just, let's just go and get Starbucks, it's a nice day outside. Like, let's, 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 let's just leave. There's that moment where you, you could cheat to get the grade that you wanna get, but then you say, no, 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 my integrity is worth so much more. I'm not going to put my integrity on the stake. I'm, I'm not gonna do it. You, you could have, just for a moment, you could have said, you know what, I'm gonna keep that gossip to myself. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say those things about that person. So as we begin to close tonight, I just wanna give you three practical steps that can help you fight temptation in your life. And I really do believe that if you take these things seriously, and if you start to do some of these things, that you are gonna make huge steps in the direction of fighting and struggling and having some wins when it comes to the temptations that you've been dealing with in your life. And the first one is this, make some necessary changes. You and I may need to make some necessary changes. One of those changes you might need to make is you may need to change your circle. Like, I don't know who you have around you, what friends are in your life, but you may need to change your circle. There are some people who might just be a little bit too close, and that doesn't mean that you have to cut them out of your life completely necessarily. You might just need to say, hey, you need to be a little bit further away. You may need to change your environment. Like, literally, like for some of you, maybe you're living in a toxic environment right now. And I know it seems like, well, Matt, how am I gonna get out of this? Like, I'm locked in for the next eight months on a lease. I get that. And I don't know the answer to that, but maybe there's a way out. Or certainly eight months from now, you might need to get out and start figuring that out right now. Or you might need to start thinking about the example I just gave. Maybe that's an example for you. Maybe you need to think about, man, what are the moments that always lead to the moment where I say yes to that temptation? And you may need to just figure out a way to eliminate the moment that leads to the moment. Eliminate the moment that leads to the moment. Maybe you need to change your thinking. Come on, for some of you, you have to stop thinking about the short term and you have to start thinking about the long term. Hear me on this, write this down if you're taking notes. We have to stop trading what we want now for what we want most. Like we cannot keep saying yes to the things that we want right now, the things that look so good right now in the moment for what we want most later on in life. No, we have to start disciplining ourselves and fighting and saying, hey, I'm gonna say no to what I want right now because I am not willing to sacrifice what I want later in life. I'm gonna say no to that unhealthy relationship right now because later in life, I want a healthy family. It starts now. Make decisions now that you're gonna be grateful for later. Make some necessary changes. The second thing is this, practice. Practice, practice, practice. I feel like Alan Iverson, practice. We're talking about practice? Yes, we're talking about practice. Practice. 
listen, you're not gonna be perfect. You're gonna mess up, you're gonna make some mistakes. I'm not saying that like you're never gonna fall into temptation again, no, that's not possible. But the goal is progress, not perfection. So stay at it, keep practicing. The more you make the decisions that you know you need to make, the more you struggle with temptation, the better you'll get at it. And the third thing is this, ask for some help. Maybe you just need to ask someone for help. Ask God for help. Invite other people into the picture. For those of you who are in small groups, this is why we push community so much here at the living room. It's because you can't do this alone. You need people around you that you're gonna have to fight through in order to throw your life away. You need people around you who are gonna say, hey, stop surrendering to that temptation. Start struggling with that temptation a little bit more. And in order to have those people, you have to A, find those people, but B, you have to start to let those people in. And maybe you're like, well, Matt, I'm not in a small group and I don't know where to find those people. We can help you tonight. We have something called pop-up groups. There's gonna be a Zoom link in our, bio, in our bio on Instagram right after the service. Click on that link and there's a leader in there that's gonna give you tonight a taste of a small group. People that can help you. You have to ask for help. I used to have a bird growing up. This is a closing story and then I'm done. But I had this bird, his name was Larry. Larry Bird, for any of you basketball fans. This is a picture of Larry. I'm just gonna throw it up for a second, yeah. He was a Quaker. Some of you were probably like, oh, like in the chat, I can see it right now. You're probably like, he's so cute, Matt. Let me just tell you, he is not cute, okay? Um, this is Larry, he is cute, he is cute, but he's, you're gonna get why I say that here in just a second. Um, Larry was a bird that my, my parents got kind of like as a gift for me and my sister growing up. And I think he came into my life when I was like seven or eight years old. I'm not really sure, sometime around that age. And I remember I was so excited. I was like, man, I'm gonna teach him all these like words and he learned some words, like the phone would ring. You know, remember when we used to have like landlines? You probably don't remember that, but there used to be like such thing as like a phone in your house, like not your cell phone, but an actual phone. It's hard to explain. But the phone would ring and like Larry would go, answer the phone. And then like I'd say hello and he'd go, what do you want? And like he was just kind of annoying. You know, there's some funny things he said too, but most of the stuff he said was just annoying. And, um, but Larry, uh, I quickly realized that he, he didn't really like me. And at first I was kind of like offended. I was like, why doesn't this bird like me? Like I show him so much unconditional love and I like talk to him and I feed him when he's hungry and I even sneak him like things he shouldn't eat. You know, like we'll be eating cheeseburgers and he's like squawking up a storm and I'm just like, yo, here you go. Like here's a burger, enjoy it, bro. You know, but like even that, like he still hates me. Like as I'm giving him the burger, he's trying to bite my finger off and I'm like, chill, you know? And this isn't actually Larry, but, but this is exactly what he looked like. And anyways, um, and after having Larry for about two or three years, my mom came to me one day and she's like, honey, listen, um, I need to tell you something. And I don't know if the conversation was actually this dramatic, but this is the way I remember it, okay? And so she comes to me and she's like, Matt, listen, there's something you need to know about Larry. And it's that it's like a proven fact that these types of birds, they're called Quakers, Quaker birds, they actually despise the youngest person in the family. So it doesn't matter what you do, Matt, it doesn't matter what happens unless we like bring in someone to the family that is smaller than you, that's your only hope. Larry, is you're gonna be his biggest enemy for, 
his entire life. And I was like, sweet, awesome. So like the next day, I'm like, that's not true. And I'm like, hey, Larry, and he's like, oh, and I'm like, okay, it's true, bro. So like from that point forward, Larry and I did not see eye to eye. And every morning, I would wake up, I'd go to eat breakfast, and I'd eat my cereal, and my mom, who Larry absolutely adored, would sit on my mom's plate and share her breakfast with her. Disgusting, like, I, I still don't understand why my mom would allow that, but she did. And Larry, as soon as he would see me out of the corner of his eyes, he would sprint over, and he would try to bite me and then steal my food. And so I'm not kidding you, I was like a 10-year-old, and I'm like, I don't know what to do, you know? Like, this is terrible, I feel so just, attacked and like I don't even want to eat breakfast mom like this is terrible and finally I, I'm I know this sounds like ridiculous but I'm going somewhere with it just stick with me finally I realized you know what no Larry this isn't going to be how it is like I'm an 11 year old man and I'm going to tell you Larry Bird what's going to happen in this household so what did I do when I would go to get my cereal? I would grab a few boxes and I started making a cereal boundary. And I said, yo, Larry, try to come at me now. And I would eat my cereal and I'm not kidding you. I wish I had videos of this. He would try to attack the cereal boxes. Like he'd be like with his beak, he'd be like. And he couldn't get through. And I would literally be like, yo, where you at punk, you know? But here's where I'm getting with this. There is someone or something in your life that for too long it has been coming in and you've just been saying time and time and time again, hey, come on in, oh, I don't know what to do. I, I guess it's just how it is. And it's time for you to say, no, 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 enough's enough. I am putting up a boundary. I'm gonna start fighting back. You are not gonna win anymore. Sin, temptation, you are not gonna keep me in this personal Alcatraz. I am breaking free from this. I am putting up a wall and I'm moving forward. And if you were in the room right now, I feel like you'd be cheering along with me saying amen. But it's not enough just to say amen. You gotta go do it. It's not enough to get fired up in the chat on Monday nights and then on Tuesday mornings wake up and just be like, here's the temptation again. All right, I'm trying. No, no, no. Tonight, tomorrow morning, we gotta fight. You gotta go and you gotta do whatever it takes to start to move forward. You know what happened eventually? Eventually, Larry stopped coming after me. After about 39 mornings, he finally was like, I can't get through that. Not gonna go over there anymore. And eventually, I could kind of start to like loosen up the wall. There even got a point eventually where I didn't need these. That's what happens. But listen, as we close tonight, I just wanna give you a challenge at the end of this series. Say, what is it in your life that you need to start struggling with? What is it tonight? What temptation is it that keeps dogging you time and time again? Where do you need to begin to fight? And as we close tonight, I just wanna say a prayer for you. As your pastor, as a voice of encouragement in your life, I just wanna say a prayer for you that God would give you the courage and the strength to begin to fight because I want you to experience the freedom that Jesus won for you. I want you to step into the full life that Jesus has for you because man, it's the best life possible. So Jesus, right now, I pray for the boy or the girl tuning in, the student tuning in tonight, the young adult tuning in, the leader tuning in, who 
feel so discouraged. They feel like there's no hope. They feel like they're too far into it. I pray that right now, you help them identify that lie that they keep believing. And I pray that right now, God, you help them believe that there is hope, that there is freedom, that they can do this, that they can begin to fight again, or maybe they can begin to fight for the very first time, God. And I pray that freedom would come and that freedom would come soon. And Lord, we know that it starts with you. So right now, tonight, God, I just invite anyone who's willing right now, who's watching, who's tuning in tonight, right now, we just surrender to you. We wanna stop surrendering to everything else, but Lord, we wanna surrender to you and say, God, help us. Show us what we need to do and give us the courage to do it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Heal our family, listen, we, we love you so much. We're not gonna close out with the song tonight. We're gonna send you off to groups here in just a minute. Those of you who are going to groups, for many of you, I'd love for you to step into pop-up group tonight, click on the link in our bio. But before we go, I just wanna let you know what's coming next week. Uh, next week at the living room is a really special week. Next week we are um, having a house party and it's gonna be incredible. We have three people being baptized next week. We have Risa Kubandi, who's gonna be with us, bringing a special message. I can't wait for you to get to hear from Risa. She's so awesome. And it's gonna be an incredible night. It's a night that you don't wanna miss, and it's a night that you don't want your friends to miss either, I promise you. So tune in with us. And hey, listen, tonight, the last thing I wanna say is if you put your faith and trust in Jesus tonight at any point, or if you wanna know more about who Jesus is, we would love to invite you to just text the word ALIVE to 89800. You're gonna get a form sent back to you. Our team is on the other end of that form. When you fill it out and click submit, we are gonna follow up with you and we can talk to you more about who Jesus is, talk to you more about what following him looks like. But to our family, again, we love you so much and we just are grateful every Monday night that you keep tuning in and I wanna challenge you, hey, keep fighting. Keep fighting, you can do it. We believe in you, we are for you. Let us know if there's anything you need. But hey, we love you. Have an amazing rest of your night. Have a great week. We'll see you right back here next Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a house party. We love you, family. Have a great night. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. If you wanna stay connected, follow us on Instagram at the Living Room ATL. Remember TLR fam, we love you, we're for you, and we'll see you next time.